This episode is brought to you by The Hartford, a leading provider of employee benefits and income protection products that is dedicated to standing behind U.S. workers to help them pursue their goals and get through tough times. For more information about The Hartford, visit thehartford.com slash employee benefits. We've also got a link in our show notes. There's no Taylor Swift lyric that speaks quite to my soul like this one from her song, Mirrorball. I've never been a natural. All I do is try, try, try. I am a pretty diehard Swifty, and I love this line of Taylor's like so many of her lines because it does feel like she is peering into my soul. She is describing me. That is the power, obviously, of a good writer. But I do like to be good at things, and I like to be good at them right away. This is not something that is special about me. A lot of people like that feeling, the feeling of mastery, the feeling of perfection. I am not often described as a very chill person. I don't love playing new games. I'll give up halfway through a new project if I'm met with the slightest amount of resistance. I'm still stuck on level two of Duolingo Spanish after several years of paying for the app. Trying is a scary thing for a lot of people and for me. To try anything is to risk something, your reputation, your livelihood, your pride. And there is a pressure in our culture to appear effortless, carefree, a natural. My math career fell apart very early when my teachers insisted that we show our work. It was suddenly no longer good enough to just guess at what the numbers swimming on the page in front of me might add up to. I had to show how I got there, but I didn't know how I got there, or if I got there, and the kids around me would cover their tests or build little fortresses out of folders, so I just stopped trying. It was so embarrassing to try and still not get it right that I just stopped trying. I got a message from a person recently who wanted to know how they could possibly move forward after they tried something big and audacious, their words, and it didn't work out. The shame that I could feel seeping through my phone screen or projecting that shame onto this anonymous messenger was so heavy. I was back in math class. I was back in my early 20s knowing that if I didn't apply for a job in media, I couldn't be rejected from a job in media. I was writing anonymous blogs that one or two people read, me and either my mom or my friend Dave. I was back trying to look like I wasn't trying when I was trying so hard. I do try so, so hard. But you know what I don't always do? I don't always show my work, partially because I do have ADHD and it's just difficult to do anything. And partially because I think, honestly, who cares? Who cares? Who cares what I did, how I did it? But 
if you are a person who has struggled to try and who feels intense amounts of shame around the things that didn't work out, come and sit here, baby, because I'm going to tell you a few things that I tried that didn't work out. Ooh, this one still makes me cringe. Before my first book came out, I really wanted to see it in Target, because who wouldn't, right? Well, I looked up their book buyer on LinkedIn, and I sent them a copy of my book with a note about how my dead husband worked at Target Corporation out of college, and I hoped they would consider stocking my book. I didn't hear back from them directly, but I got a really harsh email from my publisher that made me feel so embarrassed, like such a hayseed that I couldn't even look at the Target building in downtown Minneapolis. And I honestly can't believe that I'm sharing that story because I was so embarrassed that I thought I could just do that when really, why wouldn't I think I could? I thought I was just being proactive. Apparently I was being deeply embarrassing. The book was never in Target, by the way. Between my second book and my most recent book, I wrote at least five book proposals that not one publisher on this green earth wanted. Not one. Nope. 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 Not one single soul read my proposals and thought I would pay for that book. None. Rejected. 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 I started an organization in the wake of my husband's death, still kicking, RIP, you were good while you lasted, and I had to close it. I had to close it. It wasn't working. It didn't work out. Kind of served its purpose and then didn't need to exist anymore. And if you have not had to close something that you started to keep someone's memory alive, that was rough. That destroyed me for a while. In high school, I was a founding member of the girls' golf team. After one tournament, I was rated the worst golfer in the state of Minnesota. I scored a 24 on one hole. 24. One hole. Also, the girl who my boyfriend was dating on the side was there, and she did not get last place. Okay? This is not my thing, but my dad spent his entire adult life secretly working on short stories and novels. In 2013, when he was still alive, I mentioned that I wanted to write a book someday, and he told me not to tell anyone that, because then they would know if it didn't work out. I didn't know when he said that to me that in his closet was an entire box of unpublished writing of his own, that he hadn't told anyone his own aspirations because the idea of them being aware of his efforts and the lack of outcome would be too much for him to bear. And I don't want to act as though failure or quitting or things not working out or not even getting the chance to work it out isn't painful or consequential sometimes, but the only person who has never failed is a person who has never tried. And I don't know a single person who hasn't swung and missed and sometimes fallen on their butt from the momentum. Does it make it easier to know that? Maybe, maybe not. Do we keep trying anyways? 
God, I hope so. God, I hope so. There is not a single thing that I am a natural at other than trying. And today, that's got to be enough. I'm Nora McInerney, and this is It's Going to Be Okay. Our okay things are different every day, and they vary. Oh, do they vary. We love to get your okay things, so you can email them to us. You can record a voice memo and email it to us. You can call us. All the details are in our show descriptions. It's Going to Be Okay is a production of Feelings & Co. We are an independent podcast production company, and if you like what we do, help us keep doing it. Share this with someone. Share this episode, share the podcast itself. I don't know how you want to share it. Just share it, share it. Walk around with your phone out at all times, ready to evangelize about this show for us. (laughs) Play this podcast in public on speaker. People love when people do that. People always say, you know what I wish this crowded doctor's waiting room had? Someone playing a podcast out loud that no one asked for. Don't do that, please. Our theme music is by Secret Audio. Our team is me, Marcel Malikibu, Jordan Hurgen, Megan Palmer, and Claire McInerney. Our inspiration for everything is, and always will be, Taylor Allison Swift. This episode of It's Going to Be Okay was brought to you by The Hartford. Employee benefits have always been hard to understand. They're even tough for employers to explain, which just makes it worse for people like you and me. The Hartford knows there's a better way. They're a leading group benefits provider that's using familiar language to get straight to the point when it comes to the benefits they offer. Because if your benefits sound confusing, who's going to know how to actually use them? Learn more at thehartford.com slash benefits.